the foundational scripture for this study has been Psalm 27. We have four verses remaining that we look at this morning. They are these. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and, as, <clears throat> and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You are in a unique and wonderful position. The position you are in is peculiar to God's people. You have a posture that is designed for you by the will of God. The design and the will of God is that you, by the direction, the wise counsel, guidance of the Holy Spirit, are a people who will take advantage of your peculiar, your special position and posture. And that position and posture is yours because you have said yes to Jesus Christ. Because of that, God has something extraordinary in store for you, a strength, an empowerment, a blessing that you have, have already known, but that you can know in greater measure if you follow the teachings that we set out for you here this morning. David wrote that we should wait on the Lord, and then Paul gave that that. Uh, brilliant instruction to Timothy about knowing his ways, about holding on and guarding what was entrusted to him. The Holy Spirit that spoke to David, the Holy Spirit who spoke to Paul and all of those who came before us communicating the things of God is the same Spirit who broods over this worship time, who is seeking to, to have a have a, the attention of your mind and heart as you hear the Word of God unfolded before you here today. The Holy Spirit is speaking the same message to us in this unstable 21st century that He spoke for God across all the centuries that came before this one. We live in a time that desperately needs to be redeemed. And the redemption of our time will occur when our national disobedience is ended. To end the disobedience that is in America and which spreads across the creation, God wants to begin with the American church. He wants to begin with those who are called his people. How do I know that? Because that's the way he has always worked. That's what he has always done. He has worked with the people called his. Just as when Moses was about to pass the mantle of leadership to Joshua because he was unable to go into promised land, he said to Joshua, this disobedient people must come back 
to the teachings, to the ways, to the commands of God, and there will be a healing in the nation. And it was that way that Joshua led. They were difficult days. And across the history of God's holy people, we see time and again that call to step back into allegiance, into faithfulness with the living God. Centuries after Joshua led, Isaiah comes along. And Isaiah says to the nation of, of Israel that the way, to, the way to end the crisis, the way to have confidence for living is to be a patient praying people. Be patient. Be praying believers who trust God to bless that you in your trials. He stated it this way. You find it in the 40th chapter of Isaiah's prophecy, the 31st verse. But those who wait, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As we have lived with Psalm 27, and I mentioned to you in previous Sundays, I call your attention again to the fact that beginning about Psalm 23 and continuing up through Psalm 32, we see David constantly going to the, uh, to the tabernacle or to the temple. He's always on his way to church. David is always going there. And the testimony of that journey, that nearly everyday journey of David was spectacular. Do you think he went there because it was very ornate and beautiful? Well, certainly it was that. But that wasn't the reason. David was king. He lived in a, a, in a palace he didn't have to go to the tabernacle to be impressed with beauty, to be awed by loveliness. The reason David went down to the, to the temple, went down there, was because he was attracted by the beauty of the Lord of that house. He wanted to be there with the God he had come to love. So here we have two men before us, in particular the writings of two men this morning. One lived long before Christ was born. That was King David, who wrote Psalm 27. The second lived after Christ was crucified, died, was raised from the dead, and returned to heaven. They both said very significant things as directed by the Holy Spirit of God. Those instructions connect for us this morning. David said, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Paul comes along, and to a young pastor named Timothy, he says, hold fast. Hold fast. Guard, protect what has been entrusted to you. Wait on the Lord, hold fast. We sometimes say to people, you, know, you really look good. What have you been doing? Have you lost weight? 
Looks like you've dropped some pounds and you really look good. Wish I could do that. That's W-E-I-G-H-T. I'm concerned this morning because people all around me, perhaps some in this sanctuary, have lost weight and they don't look so good. They've lost W-A-I-T because they don't wait on the Lord. They don't wait before God for him to fill them, to nurture and sustain them. We don't wait well as human beings. We never have. We're not good waiters. Waiting isn't one of our favorite things to do. Someone will say to us, just a minute, just a minute, and we'll snap back, I don't have time to wait. Oh, and then we have cliches that we employ on this matter of, of waiting or taking time. One is, uh, is the warning that says, well, he who hesitates is lost. Or we have this one, good things come to those who wait. And then we have the sarcasm, hurry up and wait. How come that's the one you all identified with the most? <laughs> hurry up and wait. You know, as I visit uh, across the community across the parish, among some of our senior members, people who are even older than your pastor, they will say to me with, with great feeling and, and, and much sadness, Pastor, my children just don't seem to have time for me anymore. My children don't seem to have time for me anymore. And they are hurting and aching because of that. They're talking about adult children. People who've chosen to, to not give their parents the honor and the distinction and the care they deserve. Now I want to ask you something. And, and you be sure to know that I've had to ask myself this numerous times as I've written this sermon. Do you think God could say that about you? Do you think God could say that about you? My daughter, my son, whom I've given a unique place 
a position and a posture. Doesn't seem to have time for me. Waiting means staying. It means staying in place, not moving, until all is ready, until expectation has been met and the need filled. David wrote what he had learned. Wait. Wait on the Lord. When I was a boy, at a very young age, I learned a lot about eternity. I learned a lot about eternity. And here's how I learned it. There was a chair in the living room of our home. It was my dad's chair. It was really an early form of a, of a recliner. And I affectionately named that chair the bad chair. Now, I called it the bad chair because I got sent there when my mother or dad told me I was bad. And I often heard something like this. And young man, you stay there in that chair. You wait. Don't you move. Until I tell you, you can get up out of that chair. I learned a lot about eternity. <laughs> I didn't think that time would ever end. Some of you had favorite places like that too. David says, not with pain, not with Reluctance, not with drudgery. Just calm down and wait on the Lord. Because in that waiting period, you learn something. You learn to trust God. Waiting on God leads to trusting God. Across the centuries, God's people have been like us kids in that bad chair. Can I get up now? Can I get up there? As long as you keep asking, you can't get up. God's people said it like this. How long, O oh Lord? How long till you do something? And God made them wait until they understood how healthy it was for them to regain their W-A-I-T. Too many of us in the church are like the kids who are lamenting the ride from the back seat. When will we get there? How much longer? You know, 
for a man who, who never served wine in his house. I've had a lot of wine served in my car. <laughs> How much longer, Dad? Well, it'll be a while longer. But it'll be good when we get there. How well do you wait on God? It's absolutely critical if you are going to be able to do what Paul told the young preacher Timothy to do, if you are going to guard, if you are going to be protective of what God has given you and brought you to and expect to receive more of what he has done, then you must wait on him. The one goes with the other. It is how you grow as a Christian. Now, with few exceptions, every one of you in this sanctuary this morning has a password, or you have a PIN number, or you have a username, or you have some sort of special access code to an ATM or your bank account. You have to in this day and age. I don't like all that stuff. But if I'm going to be able to do ministry and, and operate and function in this world, I have to have those things. Now, why do I have them and why do you have them? Well, we've chosen to have them because they tell us that we're going to protect personal information if we have those things. We're going to keep what we have safe if we have passwords and PIN numbers and all those things that are known only to us. Folks, waiting on the Lord, holding fast, guarding what we have been given is like having virus protection against the things of the world. And our protection is in God's Word. That's why David said, wait, wait on the Lord. That's why Timothy was told, hold fast. Whatever you do, don't let go. In my children's time this morning, I had some fun with the kids, but they got the point right away. Uh, again, I referred them to uh, when I was, was growing up, and I had been told not to do certain things. There's trees I shouldn't climb or I shouldn't pull out the drawers of my dresser and use them for steps to get on top of the dresser and things like that. And, and why? Because I could get injured. And then as after I was taught those lessons, I often heard this question. Do you want to get hurt? Well, I thought that was a really dumb question. Of course I didn't want to get hurt. Do you want to get hurt? Well, no, people don't want to get hurt, but I understood the context and what was behind it. Well, folks, do you want to get hurt? You're going to be hurt. Do you want to lose? You're going to lose if you deny God's word. 
if you don't wait on him, if you don't hold to the truth and guard it, you're going to get hurt. And that's where we are in our world today. We have little confidence in anything. We live in an age of crisis. Two great admonitions for us this morning. Wait on the Lord and hold fast to what you've learned in that time of waiting on him. The other day, I was uh, <clears throat> going through my Bible, doing some, some reading, and I came across a, a newspaper clipping that had been tucked into the Bible. And I read that, and I thought, well, I want to use that on Sunday morning. I want to read that to my people. Oh, actually, you all have it. It's in Romans 1. And it starts at the 22nd verse. You have this newspaper clipping. Let's take a look at it. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. September 25, 2016. 
Romans 1, a clipping from any newspaper or news broadcast in the United States of America. Confidence and assurance in times of crisis must come from God, and it will come by God revealing his truth and power to his people. That's why even though in the difficult straits he was, Paul could say from prison with confidence in the time of his own crisis, here it is from verse 12, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day with what great hope and confidence the apostle lived and wrote to Timothy. It is only by staying close to God so that we can experience the reality of who he is and gain the confidence of who he is that we will know we are in his care to the very end and that he will sustain and keep us across the hours of times like these. Mature faith comes from one source, from time spent with God. If you're going to have a mature faith, a strong faith that you can hold to and that will hold and sustain you, you will wait on the Lord. You will wait on him. Hold fast. Guard, protect your relationship with God. Our power is in the Holy Spirit to face life's issues and live holy lives. It's not up to us to determine our ways or the methods. Listen, God trusts you this morning. God trusts you because at some point in your life, you said yes to his Savior Son, Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, God pays attention. And you said yes to his son. So stand. Stand with the one who accepted the cross for you. Stand with the one who accepted the cross for you. Do not be ashamed of Jesus. Do not be embarrassed that you have said yes to Jesus and call him Savior and Lord. Hold to that. These are tough times, and the only way through them is the one redemptive possibility who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The one way the world's crisis is going to end is by our bowing down and calling him Lord, raising him up to the glory and the position of power and the enthronement that he deserves. Only Jesus Christ can perfect you. Only Jesus Christ can change the world. These ancient words are forever true. Wait on the Lord so that you can hold fast and guard what has been protected, what has been entrusted to you. These are difficult days. 
There is no other way through this world than what has been proclaimed to you this morning in the name of Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we are like those who came before us. We search for light in darkness, truth against falsehood, strength when there is so much that is weak. Oh God, call us again this morning to yourself to that privileged position and posture that will be a blessed time of waiting as we invite your Holy Spirit in. And then, Lord, the prayers that we pray, let them be honest prayers about who we are and what we're thinking and feeling. Help us not to, to lie to you or to give you empty platitudes, but to tell you who we really are and when we go out of that time of prayer and scripture reading and, and waiting on you to hold fast that sacred time by walking in the words we prayed, by walking in the truth of the scriptures so that you may bless us and lead us on into fuller relationship with yourself. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, under the power and the authority of your Holy Spirit, to answer this prayer, we pray, amen and amen.